0: Hey there, it's Craig Ansel from the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. For today's show, we're talking about multiplying your mentorship. There's the mentee and mentor relationship, multiple individual mentor-mentee relationships, group mentor and individual mentee relationships, and co-mentoring. Stay tuned as we talk about each one, the benefits and some of the challenges. Welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. For today's episode number 93, we're talking about multiplying your mentorship. I mentioned in the introduction, there's four sections we're going to be talking about today. The Mentor and Mentee Relationship, Multiple Individual Mentor-Mentee Relationships, Group Mentor and Individual Mentee Relationships, and Co-Mentoring. I'm going to walk through each one, explain and expand on them. There's definitely some pros to each. I don't know about cons, but I'll say there are some challenges for some of those as well. So I'll talk about those and give you some of my personal experiences talking about the first, the mentor-mentee relationship, so that we understand what's going on here. The mentor is typically someone that is more senior to the mentee. It may be in age, it may be in experience, it may be in their diverse knowledge, whether it's in education or physical training. The mentor typically has something that they can offer the mentee. The mentee is typically the one that is the receiver, the requester, or the one that acknowledges or recognizes the need for expansion, the need for growth, or that there's a, a lack of something in their particular situation that they'd like to grow on and improve on. They sometimes can, the mentee sometimes can single out a mentor, just someone that you're getting along with really well at school at work, maybe in the community, and you seem to get along with well and you have similar ideas, similar viewpoints, but you just notice that that person takes the lead at times and that you're comfortable being around them when they take the lead because they seem to know the material topics they're talking about, they seem confident, and they seem like they have a plan, they have a vision to achieve what you're attempting to do. It could be something as simple as tasks on a daily basis, or it could be more complex like a large project or a program that's spanning months or even years. And sometimes the phrase goes that, you you know, they'll say they've taken you under their wing. And what that means is they're kind of sheltering you, right? But at the same time, guiding you and directing you as the senior person. So again, the mentor is someone that is more of a leadership mindset a little bit more experienced with wisdom, knowledge, or just a general education. And the mentee could be someone that is either assigned to a mentor, because that's the way your company does your programs, or the mentee is someone that's new to a group, new to a team or a company, and seeks out someone else that has more senior experience and that Potentially, you feel drawn to because they have leadership or a particular skill set for maybe strong communications that you're just interested in and you can't explain why. So, what happens with a mentor mentee relationship? You often meet privately. Now, that can be one on one, or you can do it virtually naturally. And mentee mentor relationships can take place once a week, a couple times a month. Or, you know, on maybe a quarterly basis. It all depends on the frequency for need and your available time for both the mentor and mentee. I would say the minimum time period that you'd want to spend together is 30 minutes. I normally do one hour sessions, and I find that those are pretty darn productive. It may sound odd at first to say, Craig, what could you find to talk about for an hour with someone that you're mentoring? Well, believe it or not, it's a two-way relationship, right? The mentor does not do all the talking. That's where some good communication skills come in, and I'm going to talk about that towards the end of the show when we discuss co-mentoring. But with the mentor-mentee relationship, you are giving and the mentee is taking or receiving, and that's perfectly perfectly natural. The mentee is interested in your knowledge, your experience, your capabilities. Tasks and skills you're able to use to perform those jobs. So that's how that relationship works. Again, sometimes the mentor can be assigned depending on your situation, or other times the mentee can seek out a mentor. Now, those are the formal names for those positions. You might just have someone that you're coaching or training on a, a you know a non-professional level. It could be seen as mentor-mentee relationship, but that's okay if you don't call it that. It's just interesting to know what others do. Now that we have that discussed, we now talk about the second section, multiple individual mentor-mentee relationships. This is where you basically expand on your first idea, the first process, and you repeat it, but with multiple separate individual sessions. That means that as the mentee, as the one receiving and the one seeking out information, you might want to try having More than one session per week, per month, or quarter, whatever your cycle is. And when you have more than one session, do it with more than one person. The reason why you'd want to do this is not for selfish reasons, no. It's simply because you're trying to find someone that you're compatible with, both with a uh, personality trait or personality style, but also with communications, You don't want to be someone that goes into a session and feels like you're being fed from a fire hose, as we say, right? Just a blast of information coming time and time again. And while you're picking up on it, appreciate it, and are learning from it, it's just too overwhelming. It should be someone, when you work with them, in my opinion, that is able to turn the valve down a little bit, reduce the flow of information, not only the actual speed of the speech, but also the bantering, the communications back and forth so that you have good communications and understand each other. You know, it's kind of like, you know, how fast you want to drive and once you get to a certain speed, someone in your car becomes uncomfortable and you start to notice they're acting funny. Hey, could you slow down? Or, hey, a turn's coming up right? I think it'd be good if we slow down on this so we don't slide off the road. That's kind of an exaggeration, but to give you an idea, when you have a mentor-mentee relationship, you need to take cues from each other so that you kind of control the speed of the conversation and the speed of the information flow. The mentor should understand that they're the one giving and offering advice, knowledge, wisdom, experience, whatever the case may be, to the mentee. The mentee should be understanding that they're seeking it or generally interested in learning from the other person, whether they sought them out and asked for this guidance and connection, or again, if their company or their educational facility assigned them to someone. And for the mentee that gets assigned, it's my recommendation to not be defensive the reason why you are assigned to these relationships is because someone thought you two would be paired up well and you would gain something and benefit something from this relationship. It's not to waste time and it's not to have someone such as a mentor, you know, bang on their chest and, you know, state, I'm the best. I know everything. That's not what a good mentor does. A good mentor is humble, respectful, and strong with communication skills. So, Why am I going through all that? You're going to find that as a mentee, as the receiver, that some of your mentors aren't good fits for you. They might have absolutely great knowledge and you wish you could aspire to be in their position or to be at their level of knowledge, education, experience, whatever it may be. But you just, they might set a a bad flavor in your mouth, right? A bad taste in your mouth where it's just, I like what they do. And I like the position they're in and the work they perform, but I don't like how they communicate or I don't feel comfortable with the way they communicate. Right? If that's the case, that's completely okay. Just say, Hey, thank you for your time. I really appreciate the experiences that we've shared and the knowledge. I'm going to uh, change mentors or I'm going to look at a different approach to my education. Right? And you can separate that mentor mentee relationship. And by having multiple relationships, You have the opportunity to look at others, and you'll feel that you're drawn to those that naturally feed your curiosity and you have a good communication banter with, right? Third would be group mentor and individual mentee relationships. This is where it's pretty unique, it's different, and it's where you meet with one or more mentors at a time. I'd suggest two, no more than three, mentors to you, the single mentee. Now, there are other group styles out there. I think some of them are called masterminds, and some of those would be like expert sessions. It's almost like an interview panel with a number of subject matter experts, but instead of them quizzing and grilling you, they're there to give and share their knowledge. That would be masterminds. They give, you receive. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is the unique and different approach by having more than one mentor in a single session with you. Now, what are the benefits and what are some of the challenges? The benefits are that while you're spending your 30 minutes, your one-hour time period in a single session, you have both mentors, both potential experts available to speak and share. As you start to go through the communication and explain and expand on what you're interested in, maybe what you've noticed you've had a weakness or an area that you'd like to grow as an additional strength, one or both of the mentors will usually key off of something from their experience, their training, their knowledge, and start to share back with you. The neat part about this situation is that after you've received and potentially asked questions back to that initial mentor that had given you information, the second mentor has time to process the conversation, the two-way conversation between you, and then they can compliment or suggest a different approach to solving that problem. You don't want to go as as two mentors, you don't want to go in a completely 180 degree opposite pattern from your other mentor because you're going to confuse the mentee. But If the two mentors can work in a complementary fashion, that can possibly give the mentee a different approach to things or maybe will strike something, strike a chord in their memory, in their history, in the way they grew up, their experiences that will help them understand the solution better. Because even though a mentor is giving good information and it is, you know, has been used before successfully by that mentor and possibly by other of their mentees, it doesn't mean that that individual mentee receiving that information, you potentially, is understanding exactly what it meant to them and how to apply it in your life, in your situation. Having two mentors at one time, they can give you different approaches to solving the same problems or... If you're interested in growth or expanding your knowledge or your experience, when one shares, one mentor shares, and you have the time to uh, receive that information, process it, and then ask any questions, the second mentor can work off of that and complement it. In one case, with a recent group mentoring session that I attended for a mentee, the other mentor mentioned a particular book that they had used to help them through a situation. I actually benefited from that group mentor session because I was able to ask what the title and author was of that book towards the end, and I'm actually have gone ahead and purchased that. I enjoy reading, I enjoy learning, and I enjoy giving back. So now here I am in a mentor, group mentor, mentee relationship, and I've actually benefited from this session as well. So there are a number of things that you can do multiplying your mentorship but this is one of the great ones. I would suggest, though, starting out with a one-on-one relationship and even trying different or multiple mentor-mentee relationships, again, one-on-one, trying two or three over a period of time to see whom you're most comfortable with. After that, you might ask them if they know another mentor and then suggest about the group session. You have to be careful about asking for that if it's not offered because your mentor, although they shouldn't be, they could be offended by the fact that you're asking someone else to join their group. So have some ammunition, have some food for thought ready to talk about that with your mentor and say, you know, let's do it this way. Craig, you've been really great with mentoring me and I appreciate everything that you shared and I've learned quite a bit. However, I'm interested in having a second group mentor to see if we could try some different approaches and even expand our discussions further. I think it will benefit both you, Craig, And it will benefit me because then we'll have the opportunity to bounce ideas and questions off of each other and grow together. Now, that's how I would approach it. And in many cases, it will be received well. So that's another option for you. Our final discussion point is co-mentoring. Now, what is this? This is a modification of the mentor-mentee relationship. Normally, the mentee seeks out, requests, and receives counseling advice, or guidance from a mentor. Here, both parties are providing mentoring knowledge and capabilities, so it's different. They co-share. Sometimes, pending one of the two mentors' relationships or situations, it may be a heavier give and take situation. This, at first, is tricky, especially if you're used to mentoring and giving. You can become overbearing, And drive the conversation too frequently or for too lengthy of a time period. This is where strong communication skills really come into play. I like to use the old example, you have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. Talking about that, I remember a past episode that will really come in handy with conversations and growing your communication skills. If you're interested, go back to episode 51 in our archives and listen to it. It's called Powerfully Placed Pauses. I call it my 3P rule. And it's really important after someone has finished speaking for you to take a deep breath, for you to pause and process that information before responding back. I give a number of examples and how to improve on that so that you become a better listener using the 3P rule, powerfully placed pauses. That's episode 51. So back to our final type, co-mentoring. Again, it's a modification of the mentor-mentee relationship, but in this case, it's a give-and-take relationship during each session. Now, how might a co-mentoring session start or be created? One of the two sides would seek out a mentor. And instead of saying, hi, I'd like you to be my mentor, you'd, you'd say, hi, I'm interested in a co-mentoring relationship. If the other party's unfamiliar with it, you could say, have you been experienced with or have you participated in any mentoring mentee relationships? And after that, you could say, with co-mentoring, I've started to grow some of my experience and knowledge and wisdom in my particular you know, department, my division at this company or in our school. And I would like to not only receive from you, but if the opportunity arises, to give you some information and some counterpoints back so that I can grow my communication skills and expand my conversational level. Most mentors will be willing to accept that and receive that. There will be some that are a little bit more uh, assertive, let's say, and that would prefer the mentor-mentee relationship, but you can usually sniff that out and feel that out in your initial conversation. So again, the co-mentoring is a give and take and it may not be 50/50. Some sessions depending on your uh, depending on your co-mentor's situation at work or their personal lives may have a really strong work schedule, a really strong assignment that you know set of assignments that are due and that they're kind of I guess devoted to that. If they are willing to meet, the session should be focused on co-mentoring, although it may be that you pick up on a key point, an emotional challenge they're facing, or that they're worn down in a particular you know meeting, and say, "Hey, look, we could either reschedule this if it would help you to give some of your time back for this day, or if you'd like to talk about some of the challenges you're facing, maybe we can work through some and you know give you some direction, some guidance to improve on that situation and correct it." So I've worked with a number of strong mentors, and this co-mentoring is really awesome because although mentors typically Feature a mentor mentee relationship where they give more than they take or more than they receive. At times, we're all human, right? We can become, we can come into a situation where we're kind of stuck in the mud, our wheels are spinning, and we're not going anywhere. We're exerting all this effort and this energy, and we're just not getting to our goal, right? We're not achieving what we've set out. And that's where co mentoring can really come into play. But it requires both mentors to have a willingness to be open to give as well as receive. And the, I haven't talked about this throughout the whole episode, but it's about constructive feedback, right? Something, some feedback that you can receive from either party that you can use in a beneficial way. Also, that it's not attacking or that it's not emotionally jarring, right? You don't wanna offend someone by giving them advice. Craig, you're horrible at this, Craig. You've done a really bad job in this and this is why you're in this situation. I would use words like, well, I can see that you're in a difficult situation. You know, could I give you some advice or could I share with you how I went through this process or I went through something similar? It's about being compatible in a number of areas, emotionally and intellectually, as well as having good communication sharing skills. So as we come to a close for episode 93, Multiplying Your Mentorship, we've talked about the mentor-mentee relationship the multiple individual mentor-mentee relationships, group mentor and individual mentee relationships, and co-mentoring. There's a lot of pros for each and not so much cons, but a couple challenges as we grow into the more advanced session types. So depending where you fit, I would love to hear your feedback on social media at Craig Ansell, that's C-R-A-I-G-A-N-C-E-L. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And we're also on YouTube now. We're on Career Growth Made Easy channel. So please make sure you visit us, bookmark us, and we can't wait to hear your feedback on which of the four types you've used, or maybe you've used them all over your life. Which did you like the most? Which did you like the least? What did you learn from them? What have you been able to give, and what have you been able to receive? We're open for those conversations. Thank you for listening to episode 93 of the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I've been your host, Craig Ansell. Have a wonderful week ahead.